This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. The following content is not suitable for children. The mysterious squirting orgasm. I don't know, Lori. Is it a real thing? Let's find out. Let's make it rain. Let's make it rain. Get your umbrellas out. Okay. Welcome to Foreplay Sex Therapy. I'm Dr. Lori Watson, your sex therapist. And I'm George Valley, your couples therapist. We are here to talk about sex. Our mission is to help couples talk about sex in ways that incorporate their body, their mind, and their hearts. And we have a little bit of fun doing it, right, G? Listen, and let's change some relationships. Hey, don't forget to check out uberlube.com with the coupon foreplay. It really helps us to support the podcast and keep delivering free content. Thanks so much. So squirting orgasms. This is so fun. So many people are talking about this all the time. Dr. Lori, please educate us, me and our listeners. I have no idea what the heck a squirting orgasm is. <laughs> I looked it up, all the things that people call it. They call it jizzing, female ejaculation, making it rain, or the tsunami of love. Ooh, tsunami Ooh. of love. Ooh, yeah. I mean, I think that basically what happens is it is not actually an orgasm just for the technical information. It is separate from orgasm. But it usually happens about the same time as orgasm for a woman. So I think what men see in porn or what maybe if your partner squirts, what you're seeing is this kind of really it looks like an ejaculation, but probably an ejaculation is more focused, kind of like a squirt gun. And a female ejaculation is more Spray like a rain gun. shower. Yeah, it's like a sprinkler. Thank you. Exactly. Right. Okay. So what I hear a lot from is for men their sense of excitement about it is the visual. You know, it's like, wow, I can I can finally see proof of her orgasm where I I might not have seen it before. I you know, most female orgasms are dry. They her body might move, she might have contractions internally, but you might not feel that. So you might not know and if she's not, you know, expressive, you don't know. So I think this is like so exciting because men can see it. It feels like proof. Why do you think men like them? I think there is something about the visual. Yeah. But is it a better orgasm? Is it like if you squirt, is it? I mean, I think that's what most men think, that it's it's so big and so powerful that it just explodes out of your body. So <laughs> it, it must be the ultimate in orgasms. Yeah. A and I can see where that comes from. Basically, no. It's not a bigger orgasm. It's a different orgasm. And, and you know, where does that liquid come from? It does come from the bladder, but it comes through. There, there's another tiny little structure on both sides of the vagina called the skein's gland. Okay, this is geeking out about anatomy. And that produces something very similar to, it, it's like a milky white substance. So it is mixed in with the urine and comes out, and there's a lot of controversy about this, but basically in a woman, the only place for that amount of liquid that you would see is the bladder. So is it pee? Does it smell? 
No, because actually when urine comes out in the beginning, if it doesn't, urine doesn't actually smell that much in the beginning. It's only after it sat there for a little bit that it would smell. So you're not going to smell anything. And urine, for the record, is sterile. So that means you can literally drink it. You know, the survival, this is maybe this is getting gross, but it, it is sterile. really crushing my squirt now with this drinking <laughs> of stuff here. Let's, <laughs> there are a lot of men listening that's got these fantasies around this. So okay, okay. We don't want to crush the we fantasy. We don't want to crush the fantasies. But, okay, is it, is it? Thinking about um, plane crashes here. Plane crashes? What's plane crashes? Well, that's where you got to survive and eat bodies and drink pee. Oh, and right, all right, stuff, right. All that so. stuff. Yeah, yeah. All that. Um, survivors. End uh, of the survivor world shows. stuff. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So it is. It does probably come from um, urine with a little bit of the milky white substance from the skein's gland. And does it feel different? So it doesn't actually happen at the moment of orgasm. Orgasm is about contractions for a woman. This is sort of coming at the same time. It's basically a feeling of letting go. And so, and, and force, I mean, I think the forcefulness of going to the bathroom or whatever, I mean, it's kind of the same sense. There's there's many things that happen down in that playground that are fun. Mm. And this can be really one fun thing that happens. Um, well, it sounds like it would bring more to your orgasm if it's coming at the same time, right? You already have an orgasm with contractions. And now all of a sudden you got this letting go, pushing energy on top of it. It's like a double of fun. Yeah. And I think some women do say they really like it. So why do women like it? Because like you said, it's, you know, it's a sense of letting go. But I guess the research kind of demos that the rating of the power of it isn't any different than the dry orgasm. So what I want to say about that, why that's important is if you're a man and you're wanting to make it better for her and you're thinking, this will make it better. Let's keep trying. Let's keep trying. Why are you not doing this? And I have a lot of couples who come in and the man says, I want her to squirt. Can you help her squirt? And I say, sure. And I can tell you how to do that. But if she doesn't squirt, it's not necessarily bad for her. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not necessarily worse for her. You know, she could have fabulous killer orgasms just the way they are. You know, if you want the visual, you might be able to make this happen. But for some women, you can't. So what percentage of women can squirt? I have no fucking idea. Okay. <laughs> so, but would you say that number is low? Yes. Okay. Yeah, it's kind of low. And I would say that Women who lose bladder control, maybe after having children or menopause or whatever, ironically, the very first time this came to my attention was like 20 years ago. And I had a postmenopausal woman who said, I go to the bathroom when I orgasm. And I'm like, what do you mean? And she goes, well, it's like a cup of liquid comes out of me. I'm like, okay. And she was terribly embarrassed about this. She thought this was a failure. And I had already known about female ejaculation at that point. And I said, you know what, girl, you are in vogue. Like there, there's like starting to be a ton of magazine articles about how to get her to squirt. So you should be proud that you're doing this. And she's like, I'm not proud. I'm 45 and I don't like this. But this was 20 years ago. Maybe today mm-hmm. she's like all about it and excited. So sometimes, yeah, I mean, letting go basically relaxing your pelvic floor is part of it. So when you say you can help women or couples do this with each other, like yeah, yeah. what is it that you would do? Okay, so a lot of G-spot stimulation, the G-spot is right below the bladder. So 
after maybe she's somewhat aroused already and doing a lot of G-spot stimulation is one way that kind of can help her reach orgasm, reach an orgasm that's slightly more internal and and basically encouraging her to let go um, might be one way to do it. So you're more likely to squirt through the G-spot stimulation than clitoral stimulation. Yes, yes, okay. absolutely. And so that that's kind of what happens. And that's a lot, there's a lot of like little training classes and stuff online that you can buy. You know, you can say, okay, I want to make her squirt or I want to learn how to squirt. And there's all kinds of things that you can buy and how to do it. And basically what it's demonstrating is G-spot stimulation. So again, thinking about the G-spot, it's about middle finger in um, three-fourths of a man's middle finger, depending on his finger size, his finger length, um, which is no correlation, it's apparently. It's not the size of the finger either, <laughs> right, Lori? <laughs> no correlation to any other part. And then if she's on her back, it's obviously toward her belly button, toward her bladder, and it's kind of a soft but firm motion that stimulates that area. And some men say they can feel the tissue getting aroused with basically filling with blood, it becomes slightly more firm. A lot of men say they can't feel anything on touch. They can't, they don't know where they're at. Right. And a woman, again, if it feels like that makes me want to go pee and is uncomfortable, it is the right place, the wrong time. So as you get more aroused, that can feel very sexually exciting. You know, and I would say for some women, G-spot stimulation is a really deep way to have an orgasm. That's why they can also have an orgasm with sexual intercourse. Usually women who respond to G-spot stimulation often have more orgasms through sexual intercourse because the penis is another way that stimulates the G-spot internally. Does that make sense? It does, but if you have a difficult time with G-spot orgasm and you pretty much only orgasm through clitoral stimulation, then squirting is going to be a harder thing to do. I don't think we, anybody's ever delineated it that way. But I like yeah, to be I, the first, Lori. <laughs> I I think yeah, it probably would be more difficult. I, I don't know that it's impossible though to learn how to do this. Um, mm -hmm. But a lot of women go, you know, I don't really care to learn how to do this. You know, I I like the way it is just fine. And again, it's her call. But you know, I think sexual pursuers, we want variety. We want to try fun things. We want to see what works, what our body, what are the limits the, you know, our body can do. So it, it's very exciting to think about trying something new. I get that too. I just see so many couples in conflict about this. You know, he wants her to, she doesn't, she doesn't care. It doesn't feel all that good to be stimulated on her G-spot over and over. And one of the things I hear from women is that you know, when a man is trying to make a woman climax or squirt or whatever, he's thinking faster, harder, more. And, you know, if you're a woman, your body doesn't really respond all that well to faster, harder, more. Sometimes it's slower, softer, you know, and, and there's something else that needs to come along with it, which is kind of a sense of eroticism. So when it becomes mechanical and he's just like going at it, she's lost. You know, it's no longer kind of a, a sense of connection and feeling good. So this is really spicy, dicey stuff here, George. I mean, people got to be careful. I, I want to make sure that we're not setting people up to have the conflict that I see in my office. Right. I mean, it, 
makes sense to me that the woman needs to drive this. If it's something that she wants to do, that's really cool because she's looking to do something different and she's wanting her partner's help in doing that. And they're like united in that mission. I think, you know, if, if the man is trying to impose this, you know, that that's becomes a lot more trickier, right? Where, you know, the woman isn't really sure she even wants it or how it's going to happen or what it's going to feel like. And, you know, there's a lot that you're going to need to communicate with your partner to pull this off. Yes, right? So I think both yes. people got to be on the same page. Absolutely. Let's come back and talk a little bit more about squirting. All right. Lori, how can a woman have a better orgasm? Gee, we have just the product for them. It's called Foria Awaken Arousal Oil. It's the ultimate pregame. So this is like an oil that can get you kind of juicy and turned on. And it does use CBD oil, which is absorbed through the skin and through the vagina. is like a really great way to absorb a substance. And this particular one kind of increases your sensitivity and your arousal and it's a great way to get aroused too so it just basically it turns you on and i think you know once you turn on then then you're on go i know they have a great cult following of thousands of people and i love one of the testimonials my wife and i use sex oil and awaken and when she gets on top we both come so hard that we see sounds and colors oh my gosh let's do that that is yeah Definitely uh, for you tonight. Foryawellness.com slash foreplay. Use the code. There's 20% off. It's F-O-R-I-A wellness.com forward slash foreplay to get 20% off again. And I recommend using their Awaken Arousal Oil and their sex oil. You will thank me later. Quick shout out to Rebecca Jorgensen and her new exciting game to help couples. You can find it on buildingalastingconnection.com the couple-connection-system. But if you get to the website, you're going to find this. This is really a cool thing that we want you to take advantage of because it's very reasonably priced and it basically takes principles of attachment and how you connect, how you can communicate better. It, It gives you communication starters, conversation starters. It is really a fun thing. We're using it at our party this weekend for our therapists. We're going to introduce it to them. It is also a physical thing because it has a mat that you kind of walk around and do these exercises with. The mat assists you to kind of stay focused with each other and grounded because you're facing each other and you're moving through this, which we all know, right? Our bodies and our emotions are connected. So it's a beautiful resource. Good stuff. Highly recommend it. Check it out. That's buildingalastingconnection.com, couple-connection-system. So I've had a lot of arguments with women and with other sex therapists. A lot of sex therapists say, oh, it's not urine. It's it's made on the spot. But, you know, I've also talked with doctors and I've done the research and, you know, it doesn't matter. I I mean, I guess in my opinion, and again, sex is messy. I think sex on your period is great. I think sex, if you squirt or if you don't squirt is great. You know, sex is great and it's damn messy. Ejaculation from a man inside you, it's messy or or on top of you, or wherever. I mean, sex is messy, and and that's kind of half the fun if you can get used to different tastes, smells, textures, you know, all of that. I think that anxiety often plays a role here in stopping women from squirting because they're like, I don't want to make a mess. 
It's like, okay, just put a damn towel down, you know, <laughs> you know, maybe try something fun. And, and it's, but it is okay. If, if, if sex is working the way you're doing it and this stretches you out of your comfort level, if you don't want to make a mess and it feels like pee and I mean, that's okay too. You don't, you don't have to try to squirt if you don't have to, you know, if you don't want to try to squirt. But I, again, I love Lori's openness and, and knowledge around this area, you know, and for her, it's all good. So if you find yourself kind of interested in that, why not do some exploration? Yeah. I mean, exploration is fun. But again, I just, I think some women can't and don't, and that's totally fine. And it's not, I don't think it's as elective as you see in porn, you know, like some, you can turn that on and you can turn that off and um, somehow or another, there should be disappointment over not, you know, being able to do this. It's like, no, I mean, I, I just really want people to feel safe here. It's like, if, if you do squirt, you can squirt. You want to try to squirt. Great. Go for it. Drink a cup of water before you, you know, mm-hmm. have sex. Actually, I think women, for the record, George, should drink a cup of water every time they have sex before they have sex. So if you want to squirt and you have to go to the bathroom before sex, should you not go to the bathroom? <laughs> you know, I heard a woman talk about this in, in session who said, you know, I really like that feeling of having to go to the bathroom, like that urgency and then being stimulated, you know, because it's like all of it feels urgent down there. But another woman said, that is freaking crazy. That would hurt. That, that would like, I would be distracted. I would never be able to climax or never be able to be aroused. I don't know. How do, do men feel that too? Like, do they got to go to the bathroom first before they have sex? I have. Yep. Yep. Right. Okay. You don't want a distraction if you got to go to the bathroom. So <laughs> get that out of the way. Get that out of the Make way. Make sure it doesn't mess with anything. Yeah, but it's exactly. so fun. How many couples have ever had a conversation around urinating and having sex? <laughs> right? To, Waterworks, George. A lot of people have conversations about that. All right. I mean, I guess it goes both ways with men. You know, maybe some men want to be urinated on and other men want no part of that right uh-huh. and, and again we, there's so much room for your own idiosyncratic likes and dislikes here yeah and we're, we're going to get a lot of pushback on that because I, I think most people think of squirting is very different than urinating urinating or you know anything like that and and i would encourage people not to even kind of combine these in the same thought this is just a a fun thing to try I would think if you were going to try squirting, there would be some steps, right, that would have to happen first. One, because I think for men, the visual is so exciting, you're going to have to feel comfortable with him looking at you and watching you Mm -hmm. while he touches you. And for some women, they've never been watched while they're touched at the same time. And so that feels anxiety producing. It's like, oh, do I really want him looking at me while he's down there? And that's true. They they like oral sex in the dark. They like to be touched in the dark. You know, they they don't have a sense of integration of their genitals. And this on top of it, are you kidding me? You know, so that would be just step one. Like, can you get really comfortable? And maybe that's what you do in the beginning. Maybe as a man, you, you know, touch your partner and watch her. Maybe it's first by candlelight. Maybe then it's in the morning, you know, and you're watching her Volvo, which I think is a great informative adventure for a man to watch the way a woman's vulva changes as she gets aroused. And I think it's a great teaching thing for him to learn 
this, but a lot of women are uncomfortable with that. You know, and some of it is genital self-image. They don't think they look right. They don't think they look like how they ought to look. This labia is too long. You know, I'm not waxed perfectly right now or, you know, or I never wax or, you know, my husband likes women wax. I'm, you know, there's so many things that women get hung up on here in terms of being watched and seen their genitals seen. So that, that mm-hmm. could be step one. I think step two is, do you really know where the G-spot is? Either one of you. So I would say, you know, finding that would be step two. And again, that has to be found with good lubrication. That's not something you do at the beginning of lovemaking, like lay down, let me find your G-spot. Right, G-spot? G-spot. When you don't, when both people don't know where it is, you wonder why we get into trouble. Yes. So, I mean, obviously it's, it's after making love. And again, for most people, especially women, their inhibition lowers once they're aroused. So if you're going to try this, you know, you're going to have to be doing it while you're making love. Such good advice. I mean, because again, men are so fast out of the gate, you know, they arouse so quickly and, you know, they want to try the newest things when, you know, before the women's body is even warmed up. So again, I just want to highlight what Lori's saying. It's like, you know, after there's some success and arousal, then it's a lot easier to stretch and kind of try new things. The last thing I want to say is you want to protect your female partner. If this is something you're interested in and she's agreed and maybe she's saying, you know, okay, it's not something I need or want, but I'm willing to try that. Sure, let's do that. You want to protect her if it doesn't work because it's not a failure. Right. It's like maybe her body just doesn't do this. You know, what? why would your body not do that? And let me explain that physiologically. Is that just like the male penis, when he gets aroused, there's a valve that shuts off urine so that the only thing that's going to come through his penis is semen. It's a valve. It shuts off the urine from coming through. So when he's erect, he can't pee. It's like, I guess what I imagine when a man has a heart on in the morning has to go to the bathroom, he, he kind of has to relax because mm-hmm. that valve has to open again. Same thing for a woman. She has a valve as well. So getting that valve to relax so that she can squirt at the same time, she might have to kind of push a little bit to push past that valve to let this happen. And as she's orgasming or as she's very close to orgasming, kind of having a bit of a push inside is how she would do it. Does that make sense? It does. So how would a woman describe it who's can squirt and is enjoying that? Like what would it what would it feel like? What would how would they describe it? Yeah, so women talk about release primarily. Like this is letting go and again, we have musculature in our pelvic floor. So they're kind of letting go of of anything that holds back. But how does it integrate with the orgasm, which is the contractions, this letting go? So to have a better orgasm period, you kind of have to let go of your pelvic floor. So when you're being aroused as a woman, it's like some of it is you create your own tension through kind of clenching of your pelvic floor. But mm-hmm. as you enter orgasm, you know, releasing that, releasing your anus, your vagina, like letting that go actually allows the orgasm to be a little bit bigger. So 
And some women don't do that. And they certainly don't necessarily do that consciously. You know, many for many of us, orgasm is just unconscious. We're not thinking about it. We're just enjoying it happening. But I think to squirt. I just wish I was a woman right now. I could practice. It sounds so cool what you're saying, Lori. Just relax your pelvis floor. All right. I'm all about it. Let's do it. Keep well, going. Too, to have a better orgasm, George, think about relaxing your pelvic floor. I mean, it actually can, you know, this is one of the reasons that men have problems with ejaculation and, and how they can make it bigger too is learning to kind of, men have Kegel muscles, right? They can squeeze off instead of, like if you have to go to the bathroom really bad and you don't want to, you squeeze your Kegel muscle because it holds back the urine. But opening that as a man can also help orgasm. So you, you can you can practice All too, right. buddy. Pelvis floor, here we go. <laughs> So, yeah, I think practicing opening up, letting go. And I think for a woman, she's got to have a little bit of push, like it's passed open into push. So, you know, those of us who know, like, I think for a woman, think about this. This is way to think about it if you want to try this. After you make love, your valves are closed too. So it's very hard. You might have to go to the bathroom, but you can't pee because the valve is closed. You're, you're so aroused. All of that is kind of shutting down mm-hmm. uh, urination. And so you might have to sit on the toilet for a while. Eventually, you might have to push a little bit so that the urine comes out, you know, because even though you're aroused and it's kind of being stopped, you have to go pee. So, so it's sort of that same thing. You know, you have to kind of push past it. Okay. And, and how does feeling. it feel? And that feeling is good. You know, like exciting, good. The one I hear the most is, I feel total release. Okay. George is contemplating this. Well, I'm trying to think, uh, wouldn't an orgasm feel like a release too? Yes, 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 absolutely. So it's just like a release plus. Yeah. I don't think for some women, there's the plus. I think orgasm can be a pretty darn big plus. Yeah, well, again... Something to talk about, something for a couple to sit down and figure out what they want to do together. It's just something else, right? That a lot of couples don't even realize is a is a possibility. Yeah, right? that this is something that you can do. It's not a mystery that you could touch certain spots and you could do certain things. And if you're in rhythm with each other, this is possible. And maybe you love it, and maybe you don't like it, but hey. And, and I would also say maybe it's not possible. Like for some women, not possible. And we, we don't want to set women up to be a disappointment or to themselves or to their partners because they don't do this. And it's okay for men too to not want this or, you know, whatever. This is this is a conversation. Yeah. To each their own. <laughs> to each their own. Figure but it George out. George is going to go home and practice. I'm going to practice my pelvic floor work. Yeah, that's I didn't right. know I had pelvic floor work to do, you but do. this is this is this is you what you do. You keep learning. Absolutely, absolutely. And all you sexual pursuers out there, let's kind of protect your with, partner. Protect your partner. Let's not try to push for the squirting. It's it's cool if it's to encourage, but you know. Yeah, if your partner's not into it, no big deal. Is there anything that could substitute, you think, for the visual for a man if his partner doesn't squirt? I would think just the the auditory, right? You know, could she let go? Could she moan? Could she sigh? Could she mm-hmm. scream? Say yes. Say, oh, my God. Something. 
That, that could help. That works. That works. <laughs> Communicating works. Communicating works. Communicate okay. visually okay. or sound-wise. I, I think we're done here. We're done here. <laughs> Thanks we're for listening. We're done with the squirting. <laughs> done with the squirting. Thanks for listening. Keep it hot, y'all. Okay, so tell us about your cutting-edge training that you're doing on success and vulnerability. Lori, we just keep pushing it, coming up with a new module on the playbook of a pursuer, playbook of a witcher, really practical, moment-by-moment moves of what a therapist can use. You know, we're so focused on what's happening in session. Enough of this talk about theories and these global things. We, I think most therapists are looking for, what do I do in this moment? Give me a tool, George. So that's what we're trying to do. That's awesome. I am so glad you guys are doing this work. I think it helps us be organized to see you do it. You do demos, you do explanations, teaching. It really is interactive. And I think that so many trainings that we sit through don't give us an opportunity for that. So what you're doing is really important. No, we try to emphasize the teach it, show it, do it model of learning. Uh, You need to have some ideas, so we try to teach those. And then we try to show what it looks like implementing those ideas. But most importantly, you now got to practice it. That's how they become yours. And that's what we want our our listeners and watchers to do is become their own moves. Find George and his teaching at successandvulnerability.com. Call in your questions to the 4Play question voicemail. Dial 833-MY-4PLAY. That's 833-MY, the number 4, play. And we'll use the questions for our mailbag episodes. All content is for entertainment purposes only and should not be considered as a substitute for therapy by a licensed clinician or as medical advice from a doctor. This podcast is copyrighted by 4Play Media. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.